Welcome to the Painter's Dialectic. I'm your host, Josh Green, a painter and art educator living in New York City. And today we're going to talk about art and conversation. Today I'm joined by artist Kenny Jordan. And in today's episode, we are going to discuss conversations as art. Conversations allow us to share our thoughts and ideas, explore the unknown, and uncover the truth in each other. Conversations are a powerful tool that help us to connect, create community, and make sense of our world. Don't just listen to the podcast, participate in it. Go to our Patreon page, The Painter's Dialectic, and subscribe. We have different tiers with behind-the-scenes content showing how we develop these ideas. This will help us to continue creating this meaningful content. Also, go check out our Instagram page, The Painter's Dialectic. You can check out my Instagram page, Josh Green Artist. You can check out Kenny's at Criola Sensei. If you'd like to study with me, you can sign up for lessons at greenatelier.art. Kenny, welcome back to the show. How you been? I've been busy, man, but good. How you been? Doing good. Just making episodes. So I thought today I was going to do something different. I wanted to talk about correspondence in painting. But actually, I've been having a lot of conversations lately. And I think there's something related between painting and conversations. So today I just want to talk about conversations. How's it sound? All right, cool. No, sounds good. Let's let's converse. All right, let's converse. (laughs) All right, so I laid out a structure. This isn't in a book. This is just some some stuff I wrote down before this. It's kind of how I think of um, conversations. I wasn't a great conversationalist when I started having conversations. I was pretty bad. And I've had to learn about them over the years and get better at them as I went to different schools and, and learned from people and then became a teacher and stuff. It's very important, but I think... You know, we're trying to give, like, an expanded sense of painting, and I think you can be a painter even when you talk to people. So I think conversations begin either with a question or you want to talk about something. And then you have a person listening, right? So the question or telling or listening, right? That's how it starts. I think in general, most conversations are about establishing some type of group identity, some group dynamics. Are you in the group? Are you out of the group? Can I trust you? Can I not trust you? Do you, Are you like me? Are you not like me? Etc. Right? I think that's kind of basic daily stuff. Um, and then after that, you have maybe a student and you're having a conversation with a teacher, someone above you that has a definite feeling, right? Talking to someone above you. Or you're having a conversation with someone below you, right? You're teaching someone, you're helping someone out, right? But I think there's another way. I haven't come up with a good term with it, but so this is what I got. I'm calling it like, like I'm, it's mentally sexual. Does that make sense? Where you're both coming together and you're making something new together right? So the other one's teaching, you're giving something away, or you're the student, you're receiving something, or you have something mentally sexual where you're creating something new together, right? Every conversation, I think, how you decide to have that conversation is an artistic choice. And your engagement style and and how you want to engage people well, the way that your experience with you is going to be like, I think that's also an artistic decision. And then I think there's different types of, of people, right? I think there's people who are flowing. They have a lot to offer, right? Whether it's the way they look or some aspect of their personality or their knowledge or whatever. They're, they're, they're a source of something and it's, it's pleasant to be around them and receive that. And that's a seductive person, Right? This person is flowing in some way. And then I think there's closed people who don't let a lot out and don't take a lot in. They're not very seductive. 
They're not someone you go to to have a conversation, maybe. And there can even be kind of a seduction to that, a closed door, right? A lot of people use that, but I don't think so. Okay, so then there's different categories of conversation. There's, you know, in the group, think one. If you're in a political party, you meet someone else in that same party, you may say bad things about the opposing party or whatever you heard on the news that week. You're reinforcing each other's ideas and kind of stagnating. You're not, there's no change, right? There's no change in this conversation. You're reinforcing, you're building your group identity, building trust. And then there's there's kind of a, another type. There's a seduction. You know, you're being seduced by the things they're saying, the things they're putting out, or you're being conquered by someone. Someone who's an expert and they're just crushing everything you say or kind of deconstructing everything you say. And then another category I think conversations fall in is growth and transformation. I think this is where the sexual, mentally sexual conversations come in where you meet people and you're trying to grow together, you're trying to transform together. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to engage in. That's pretty much the outline I, th- I see for conversations. Maybe that wasn't super clear, but I think it's a starting point, right? At least that's my starting point. That's how I kind of think of them now. But, but I'm at a point where I have a conversational style. I have a speaking style. And I know... I have a listening style and an interviewing style, a way to get information out of people and, and learn more about them. But I also have like an engagement. I decide, I have a particular style of how I like to engage people. And um, I feel like those are all artistic choices, right? Because it comes from an individual place. I'm choosing how I express myself and what gets put up on the wall, so to say, or put into the air. Like I'm deciding those things. I don't know, what do, you, what do you think about all that, or, or what's your conversational, what you conceive of conversations? Conversation is just two people interacting. They just happen to do it vocally. Um, in comparison to the way you put things down, I would call sex just the joining of two energies, period. Yeah, I do like, you know, I, I think we do like um, pick and choose how we want to converse. I think that is more artistic um, because if you're always just responding, you know, because like the emotion's too much to handle, then you you kind of like transform into someone else's medium and that per- you can kind of tell like the other person is maybe like painting with you or painting with your attributes I guess in the conversation so I like how you put that as far as like yeah we can paint with conversations I definitely believe that um when you say it like that um I see like filling up the whole canvas and and that would be like really composing, knowing things in and out about it. And, yeah, I I think um, I don't look so much as far as, like, um, being conquered and not conquered, but it's a good way to, like, throw things out there like that. But I definitely see it from, like, um, interacting differently through different positions, you know, like I align differently from a person that knows this or I'm jumping into a a space where, you know, I'm dealing with people that know a little bit more about this than I do, or, you know, like, but when it comes to classifying them, it's like maybe like seductive or something like that. I I get the point of a seductive conversation or a way to, like, talk in that manner. Um, But, I mean, I know some people are just like, that's just so they move, they're really not seductive, but, like, their actions just lead into seducing other people that just, like, see them a certain way. But as far as kind of like in a conversation piece, I think there is a a way to like seduce. Definitely. Definitely. I think, you know, like any type of like generosity or or something flowing, I think is subductive, right? Like a really fertile land draws creatures to it, right? You know, a river or a, a bush full of fruit 
you know, it's it's full. There's there's something for you there. And when you see like um, when you hear when you hear someone giving a lecture and they have like all these ideas, you know, for me, I'm really drawn to intellectual things, right? And and someone who's just like a fountain of of knowledge, right? That's very seductive yeah. to me. Um, you know, there's people that are like physically seductive. Maybe they don't say a lot, but their body's expressing a lot, right? Their body's talking to you. How they there's people that are who, not like me. I'm very heady, but there's people that are very embodied, and the way they move, the way they enter a space, um, their actions are communicating a lot. Or there's people who who communicate through their clothing, or or all different types of ways, you know. Um, and and paintings is is communication. It is conversational. When I'm making a painting, different aspects of me are in a conversation with each other and with the material outside my body, right? So maybe like my intellect, my um, emotions, um, all these other aspects of me, and then with the material that I'm manipulating with, and and then the the movements of my body, they're all in a relationship with each other. It is a conversation. Information is being communicated to all these different things and coming back and forth right so it mm-hmm. is like this information flowing out flowing in and when when people come into a gallery and they see images on the wall that is also a conversation you know that i i spend this time making this image it's on the wall and now you're reacting to it but unfortunately like i don't get the reaction right i'm if i'm not there i don't get it but the painting is standing in for me, right? And they're talking to me through that. But I don't know. It's Conversations are um, they're about relationships. They're how you relate to the world. And you're either in the world being swept away by it or you're an artist and you're making your decisions and creating something, right? So by anyone I encounter, I choose how I relate to them. I'm not taken away by it, right? And I can choose right. what I say and how I craft that message to them. And and I'm thinking about them, too. I'm growth-focused, transformation-focused, so I'll interview them to kind of see where they're at, and then I'll throw something out, maybe a conflict, maybe a resolution, maybe a different perspective to continue that transformation, right? That's interesting to me. Gotcha. So... In your mind, you just like having sex in the living room instead of the bedroom or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or in the studio. Well, right well what is what is okay? Let's talk about sex. Okay, what is it? That's two separate things coming together, creating something new, an offspring, right? That's how I'm thinking of the idea of sex. And conversations can be sexual, right? If both people are willing to work at this thing. If I'm teaching to you, maybe we can't have a conversation because I'm just giving and you're taking. Or maybe if you're, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe I'm just supposed to take and you're supposed to give, right? But this kind of, this type of back and forth, you can create something new, right? Some people even though it's not the right moment to be a teacher, they're an expert all the time and they go around kind of conquering everyone. You know how they don't listen and they always try to find weaknesses in what you're saying instead of like playing around with your ideas, you know? I got you. I mean, yeah, I do. I understand that. Okay. Maybe we need some like real world examples. Maybe it's getting no, too No, I mean, like, look, I'm not lost. I'm more or less like listening and seeing where you're going with it. Okay. You know, so why why do I want to talk about this now? Why did I change the topic today? Go. Okay, let's get to that, maybe. So I'm in this unique moment where I'm not talking to a lot of people, but the people mm-hmm. I am talking to is very high-level conversations, right? Mm-hmm. And And we're all helping each other. And I'm really growing right now because of the conversations I'm having. And because of these cool. high-level conversations, I'm really creating a style of, of speaking and interacting with people. That's mine. It's artistic, 
I never felt that way before about a conversation, but now I can see that I can really craft a conversation as an artist. And so that's where I'm at this week. That's that's why I felt like talking about this this week. Okay. And now I just want to see if, you know, I just, I pass you the ball. I'm seeing if there's anything in you that corresponds. And maybe we can build something new together. So I've thought about it like this for like a long time. Like, anyway. And I, I don't single it to just like conversations or stuff like that. I just think that any time two things create friction. Right. Like, I think... How, how, I'm gonna say it like this: My definition of sex is friction. Okay. So, not a, not a creation. No, that's 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 what happens after the process of sex. So creation isn't sex. Friction is sex. Two things coming together is sex. You're joining, and that could be harmoniously or harmful, and you can have a product from it, which it can be like in. in, in if you think about the how we normally think of sex, that should fit along the lines about it being harmful or harmonious when two things are joining together. Agreed or non-agreed. Okay. From many positions. So to, to bring it down to the... It, now it's about... This is the thing I think most people get into about common sense or not. Meaning... If we're going to sit here and have a conversation, are we going to use the same senses? So I'm I'm you just hoping you say you like having conversations with like trans like transformation and growth right now. So you're hoping that the people that you're talking to are at least using the senses or of transformation, growth and all these things or all the senses that help them transform. And that way when you speak to them, it's not a it's not a harmful conversations it's a harmonious conversation no matter if it is rough smooth or whatever it's just okay we're we're, t- we're utilizing the same senses and i'm hoping that your senses kind of went to a space and then we can kind of go back and forth so i get it and i can if you want to just talk about it in sex it would be like okay how many partners have you have how many concepts have you slept with I mean, how, how many have you explored yourself? Do you know your own sexuality? Have you have you joined and separated between things within yourself to know, oh, that's a good thing to do. Okay, I shouldn't do that. Okay, that's taboo for me, may not be taboo for you. Mm-hmm. And then when we kind of like express these things through body language or like vocal communication, then, you know, we can say, okay, yeah, that person is utilizing just... Now we can get into what type of conversation it is. So, yeah, it's sexual. But now it's like, what makes a conversation sexual? And and now I think we can get into if a person is utilizing, you know, just utilizing logic or, you know, a percentage of logic or just like um, or percentage of justifications or are they going through all these um, disciplines while listening to you and they know to, you know, show, don't show, be active, be passive, um, utilize their body, don't utilize their body, utilize the common terms, um, know when to go beyond common terms. Is I, I think that's cool. So that's how I see it if we want to jump, call a conversation sexual. I mean, that's that's just the first thing that came to my mind. I'm trying to talk about... What do you mean? Like, like that's... Is I've, that you've it? Been in, you've been in plenty art rooms, and yeah. someone does something like, wow, that's sexy. That that looks good. So it's like, this fits along the lines. That doesn't happen. Like, um, it's... it's this, this is very weird, and this may go off rail. I hope it doesn't. But it should make sense to anyone that has a pet. Feels a little bit off rail. Well, if you're doing, if you have the, if you're utilizing a certain energy in the room in your studio, or you're utilizing a certain energy between two people in the room, your like dog per se may not know, may not have all the senses that you have, or may not have all the capabilities to, you know, insert things in a certain pattern to act a certain way like you. 
but it just plays out the energy. So your dog may like just hump just just because it's like, whoa, that's a lot of energy in the room and I had no out to do. So it's it's main sector that can take that in is the sexual organs because they produce. So you'll see that part of the body give most most of the reaction. And it, the dog has no no clue. It's just in heat. It's just friction. It's just, there's a lot of shit going on here. I'm happy. I don't know what to feel. And my body's just moving by itself, man. The, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But I don't know if go. we've, like, I don't know if we've gone completely off the rails here. But they, uh, okay, okay, then okay, we'll okay, bring all that back okay, to take your back. work. Then. It's, getting, uh, it's getting crazy. We're talking about dogs. It's, it's shit. not crazy. It's painter's dialect, and we're painting conversations. And you can't have these type of conversations without giving some form of, um, um, what what do um what what do you call things before you get into something um i i can't see it right now disclaimers you got to give disclaimers you got to set a person's mind up if you're going to go somewhere new with conversations all right you know what i mean well the, okay so conversations are intimate it's a you're interacting you're you're in a world that's relational you're interacting with these other things Right? There's things you're drawn to. There's things you're repulsed by. And mm -hmm. so I think sex is sort of the obvious thing. Right? There's things you're attracted right. to, things you're not attracted to. You go towards the things you're attracted to. And, and then once you find you know, something you're attracted to, you learn about it. You, you, you let it influence you. Right? I don't really get the friction part, but like, I see like two things coming together. To create Dude, something friction. new. I don't get why you say friction. I mean, I because, get the literal sense why you say friction, but... Well, well, that's what I mean. Like, anyone can take away from two things coming together making friction. So the whole point is, okay, to talk to everyone, I gotta say it like that. To talk to a small group about a specific thing, then we can change it. But at least now anyone can join the conversation. Because creation, everyone creates differently. But if I tell you two things come together, create friction, you kind of can't overstand that. Like, um, that's that stands in any situation. Can you go more into friction? Yeah, two things being a conjunction is friction. Two things being in the same space, um, closer or whatever, and rub it up against each other. This can be a mindset, this can be a mindset, and when they rub up, they have something to express about what they just encountered. Mm. What they express is what got created. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's it's friction before we name it. Or friction is just, like, a, a, a further name for the creation. Like, so, cre so like, again, creation is an after. It's, it's, a, um, it, it, it's, it's the second. It's not the first. The first creates the second. So the creators create the creation. Mm. And, you know, if you want to dive into that, then, we, you know, we get into, like, deep shit or whatever like that or, like, get behind the curtains of you know, that transition, you know, transmuting, transitioning, like, whatever. But essentially, I can look at that beyond just me being a human i can utilize friction as like mental states i can look at that as far as in temperature and and temperament you know so if i can use temperature and temperament mm -hmm. you know we use these things in painting these are very things like you need to know temperament and 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 temperature in painting to even get certain effects mm -hmm. so we knowing that okay a little bit more a little bit less a little more friction, a little closer, a little longer. Okay, a little less, not so much, not so heavy. You know, and yeah. that, I feel like that's the process of like that is sex. We we're in the process of two things joining to make something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have this, you have this finite space. You have a frame, right, for the canvas, and then everything you put down there is relating in this space. How is this shape? communicating with this shape how's this color working with this color this value with this value and then it becomes really complex over time you're putting down all these marks into the space on top of each other 
until it becomes one harmonious image of what's trying to be expressed, right? And then when I th- when I I'm around different people, like I'm drawn to different things, you know. If I'm around a creative person, I want to get into their m- mental studio. I want to hear what techniques they're using. How what's their process? How do they get to their genesis? How are they drawing out of genesis? How are they um, doing these things? And or it could be anyone. It could be anyone mm-hmm. I encounter. I know they got something in there. And so I can I can use my drawing techniques, or in the case of a conversation, my interviewing questions, right, to to pull information out, you know, to lead them down this thing, to draw out the things that I want from them, right? I can draw right. out that knowledge, right? Or I can look at someone in a state, and maybe I've been there, and I can and I can add a stroke to them. That shifts that transformation or shows them a new perspective, right? I can change that that image over there. I'm painting on someone else's work, right? Which I love to do. But I just walk up, I put a mark down on their on their on their canvas, and now my mark is there, right? They have to deal with it, right? That can be a conversation. Absolutely. That's that's a standpoint. And it's a for me it's just an agreeable standpoint. So now, okay, what do you do? How are you painting now in conversations? Where are you trying to go now? What What are you trying to produce now in this? I don't know. It's it's kind of a feeling. It's kind of fun. I get energized now when I'm going to interact with someone. I'm like, how weird am I going to get with this person? Where am I going to go? You know? And um, I kind of feel gotcha. them out. I kind of like, I get my, my intuitions about them, right? Mm-hmm. And then I start interviewing them because I feel that thing there. And then, and then I, I start working with that thing there, but it's focused on transformation. I want, I want the, every conversation, I want to learn something from myself, and I want them to learn something, right? If we don't go somewhere new to, like right, right now we're going somewhere new, right? We just threw some stuff out and we're going on a journey, right? We're trying to get to a new destination that we both didn't have before we were conjuncted, before we were put into the same space, right? Cool. So, yeah. I want to go somewhere new with people. You know, I want to. They got a whole. They got a whole world in their head. They got this whole life, all this knowledge and perspectives that I don't have. It's all there. All right. So, let's talk about ways to do that. Let's start off with ways. What ways have you considered how to do that? Um, I think. I think the first thing, if you want to tell something to someone, which is probably the case, this is probably how most ones start, you're telling someone to someone, and when you give that thing out, maybe most people in general have an anticipation of how they react. If you have friends who are just, you know, there to reinforce your held beliefs about yourself, then nothing new is going to happen. But sometimes when you want to tell someone something, and they hand you back something different than you expected, that can be a creative moment, right? Maybe not one you wanted, but it's it's a new perspective. It's something you didn't have before, right? Right. I'm more of a questioner. I like to leave with questions. I think that's that's the best because you're not learning if you're talking. You're not learning if you're talking. If you're listening, you're the one receiving things, right? And... Sometimes I can take them through my questions to a place they don't usually get to talk about. Right. So they get to learn something new about themselves. That's a good conversation, right? I think that's usually what I, I do is I, I pick, I pick, and then yeah. I put out something. Yeah. So are you satisfied when that happens? Do you just leave that there? Do you do you leave it there to come back and do it again? Like what do you, what do you do with that? Yeah, and now so like some of the conversations I had recently felt like I was taking some creative risk. You know? I was Good. I was doing some unusual things. <laughs> you know? Just to see. I'm being I'm being experimental, right? Just to see what gotcha. happens. It impacted that person. It impacted that person a lot. 
and I got a little worried, right? It wasn't bad. I think it, I think it was good, but he took a break. He took a break, and then he came back, and he was still engaged. He wanted to talk to me later, but he had to take a break. Okay, so what what do you get from all of that? Like, I get some from your your response just then, but what did you get from it? Well, there I was kind of being a teacher, and I was trying to give him some some new light that maybe he hasn't seen before, right? And I think he had to take a moment. Um, so for me, I I like helping people, and then I learned I have a new way of helping people, right? That that was effective for that type of person. Right, so I learned a new trick, right? That I took that risk, that risk paid off. It was good for both of us. Now I have a new, I have a new stroke in the bag, you know, a new technique. Um, there was another person I talked to after that, and I'm meaning, I, I'm this is this yeah. is what I mean by that question. So, when we say when we we're talking about this because. Art directly correlates with like conversations in a way where, you know, you 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 step back from your painting, you talk to your painting, um, you make certain marks out of certain feelings or certain thoughts, and then when it hits the canvas, depending on the medium that you're using, you know, it may interact and not interact the same way. What what I mean is, what's the dialect between what happened, not you? Uh, I'll just say my piece. Doing what you did, I feel like, yeah, a lot of people can come. Like you can, you can point to to the stream. You can point to a stream of consciousness for people. You can, you can point them, but I noticed that not everyone like wants to drink Mm-mm. from that stream or from that well. No, no, that was because if you're used to groupthink. What's a group thing? It's, it's where you're just reinforcing all your friends. You know that if you ask anyone in that group, they'll give you the same answer. You know? What's the most important place in the city? You know, Statue of Liberty. That's not very individual. That's the obvious group thing thing, right? Okay, Why not you. your coffee hey. shop? Why not some other place, right? I get you. You know? So you, it's predictable, and they reinforce each other. But if I... You know, if I present one of those group thing people with a conflict, they have to deal with it. They may get upset at first, but that may spark an interest. They may come back because I, I actually um, presented something new to them. Right? They may be upset at first, but they'll come back. And that's how the individuation process starts. It doesn't start from reinforcement. Reinforcement is just stagnation. Okay, I have something to ask you then. Okay. All right, so if you do this outside of your normal space, does that make you a conqueror? I used to be a conqueror, for sure. <laughs> I was. I was. Um, but now I'm not. I mean, there's nothing wrong. I'm just acting like I went. Yeah, once again, when you're conquering, you never learn anything. When you're conquering, you destroy everything that's there. And and you just plant your flag and everyone hates you, right? That's not a conversation. You're not you're not open to anything intimate. You're not open to any change, right? You're just going around conquering people with your half baked perspectives, right? I get you. But um, yeah, if you're doing something where everyone's equal and you value that person, and you value that they have something new in their head that you don't have access to, and the only way to access it is through a conversation, then Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I've learned a lot, even without words, I've learned a lot of just about about being around a certain quality of person. Just being around that person, they told me a lot. You know? Um, Just seeing their nature what they think is possible, how they act, how they spend their time, how they present themselves, mm-hmm. that just them, even though there wasn't a direct um, awareness of how they were affecting me, 
I was being influenced, right? I was I was seduced to that. I I learned from it. It transformed me, and now I use it in my own way. So is your goal to get to learn their practice? Yeah, I think I think when you hear when you interview someone and there is corresponding thoughts, that's my experience. And you encounter that, but you came at it from a slightly different angle. Well, now my now my knowledge is becoming well-rounded. And the more okay. people you get those correspondences from, you'll have a really well-rounded knowledge. But then the other interesting part is where does that conflict? That is not your perspective. We're butting heads now. Maybe that's the friction. We're butting heads. You don't see that at all. That's interesting. Am I deluded? Are you deluded? Are we both deluded? What are we missing between this? Is there some other piece? Right? Okay, I, I get it. So that's why you say friction in that way. You were saying friction. I just figured out what you meant by friction. <laughs> well, I mean, with, to me, that would be like conflict because you're, you're, you're classifying the friction. Okay. But yeah, it, I'm on par with that. The, maybe the most interesting question is, why am I drawn to that thing? Why, yeah, what, so your starting point, your genesis. What, what initiates the attraction, right? And why do I feel that so strongly to things outside of me? Right? Because maybe that's something I want to bring into myself. Some aspect that I'm lacking that I wish I had. That lack <clears throat> creates the desire, right? So. Well, this is, this is, I'm glad you brought that up because it's not that that, that lack does create the desire, but we talked about this a long time ago in like one of the first episodes of why there was like a little hang up between like lack and desire. But it, I mean, like, look, you, you can't be aware of it if you're not aware of it. Yeah. Am, am I makes, making sense? That makes sense. Okay, and you can't know the subconscious natures of it if you don't even know what it is to that's supposed to be a nature. So how you naturally feel about these things is the nature that it produces. And what you're aware of, whether you see it in front of you or not, lets you know is there a representation for it or not. You do have a representation for it. It's internal. So... You may be intrigued looking outwardly for it because you see it and feel it all the time inside and you know it's natures, so you respond to those natures in a certain way. But unlike everything else that's been produced by others and us together, there isn't one that necessarily like fits that mold, per se. So, yeah that desire does make a lack but the awareness was already there you you artists create their own problems so you wanted a full representation of that so since there isn't a full representation of that you'll probably search for it externally until you get tired of searching for it externally and then make it on your own and then when you make it on your own you know you may come across other people that use that sense it was like oh shit yeah, that is that thing. I'm glad you put a word to it, or I'm glad you put a stamp on it, because maybe I didn't have it. So whoever, I, I think that's the only purpose of doing something first in this world. It's just, we all may stand in a similar position, and whoever does that first, it's like, ah, cool, but we all did it. You're just the first to use your vocal channel, or use your 2D channel, like, like, artistic way or you you did it 3d so you did a sculpture so it's it's like you know what i mean it's like um it's a position within a position and you need to play it and maybe no one's playing that note that tune or giving you that representation so you need to do it but right now you're aware of it so you may just be gathering all the things to finally make that happen. And then you, there you go, you have a piece. So maybe, maybe this change in conversational style, you know, 
is, is me testing things out is I've already had a lot of standard conversations. I'm trying to go somewhere new with it, right? Somewhere I want to go. I'm trying to go somewhere I'm, I'm drawn to. I'm aware of a place. I'm drawn to it. And I'm trying to use the tools of conversation to get there, right? To reach some destination between the two of us. Whatever it may be, the painting in me, the person in me, or whatever it is I'm in a conversation with. Right? I'm trying to go somewhere new to 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 grow or transform. Might want to use it as like your mission statement for this painter dialect podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it. That's, yeah, um, it's like but I'm in the yeah, studio right now. Right now I'm in the studio. I know same. you're in your studio too. Not in mm-hmm. a literal one, but I'm in my mental one. And I'm making art right now. I know I'm painting right now. Just like when I teach, I teach a very particular way where I'm making decisions and I'm painting there too. Right, absolutely. Just painting from a mental studio in a different medium. In the audio, I'm painting. You're a medium right now. I'm a medium for you. We're working with it, trying to create a new image. Right? Yeah. Well, that sounds like how painting is like conversations. So, um, okay. Would you like to get into the piece you're working on now, or you want to save it? Okay, we can talk about it. Because it it automatically... Okay, so you said your goal is for transforming. Well, if you're doing this, then you're transforming mind state. Right. Because... the only way for something to be stagnant is for it to like have a state of motion or not move. And if you're not talking about something material, you're just talking about something immaterial. And the only thing that can really hold those things together is a mind. So, you know, in short, we'll just say we're just talking about our concepts. Ones we adopted, mm-hmm. ones we transformed, and ones that are just our own. So that's why I kind of said like the painting. Um, you, you're you're coming from. Here's the unique thing about your your paintings that you're doing as of late. You said you're putting imagery, or you're placing external imageries that you're looking at in your mind. So instead of painting a landscape externally, instead of painting someone right in front of in front of me. Um, you said, I'm going to paint the image in my mind. Yeah. You get what I mean? So right there, it goes, to me, that correlates with what you're trying to do with conversations or the thing you're just kind of pulling out. It's like, oh, shit, I have this power in conversations. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, I utilize this power like paintbrushes. You know what I mean? So um, to me, that's already interesting enough, and I think that's the original seed. Just you being in that space is what grows. All that shit you do in it is going to like, um, you know, it's, you, you kind of like dress in a room. Like, this is what it looks. But for people, their first sense truly is like, oh, you're doing it from there. You get what I mean? That's mm-hmm. that's the most widespread connection. Yeah, I mean, my my paintings right now, I think painting has always danced around this. I'm just being really literal. I'm taking. I'm not. I'm not trying <laughs> to hide anything. <laughs> I'm telling you exactly what painting is. That's how I feel about it. And when people look at it. It feels mysterious. But I'm just being obvious. I'm being literal. Like these. These current body of work are taking place in the visual mind. Right. They're in a black space with little dots called eigengrau which is the retinal static that we perceive in a dark room. And there's also bigger dots called phosphenes. If you bump your eye, you'll get these big dots, right? You'll see those dots. So I represent those in an artistic way. And I think people will, even if they're not aware of eigengrau or phosphenes, they will feel that this is taking place in the mind because I'm being so literal about it. And then you see these things taking form. Nothing's really solid. It's just appearing in this space. And it's me 
thinking visually about what I've been taking in and what's already in me, right? And so the conversation is that I'm having with the painting, it is a conversation. I don't know the destination. The painting is a big question. I've been doing research. I've been going out and reading books and talking to people on this subject I'm trying to visualize. And then I'm trying to transform through that. So the painting to me is only real if, if the physical is transformed, the mental is transformed, the spiritual is transformed. If that transformation takes place, the painting served its function. It is a real work of art, but it no longer is relevant because I'm done. The painting Bingo. can be burned tomorrow. I did the transformation right. through the painting. But right. I can put that painting up to cause transformation for other people. It can be meditated on. They can go to that same space. They can read my symbols and they can fill it in with their own thought and they can transform through it. That is a conversation. That is a conversation, but this, this, if this is a painting crit, let's up it. Okay, let's up it. Okay, Josh. All right, what? Are you just cool with everyone just going through that transformation? Or do you care what comes from it? I don't know how I could predict how someone would mm. transform. No, 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 no. I just asked, do you care? I actually predict. I hope. <laughs> I hope that what I do is beneficial. I can do my utmost to ensure that this thing is beneficial. But really, if you look at anything created, the world just does what it wants with it. Mm -hmm. You're still predicting. I just asked, did you care? I, I care. Okay, I care. if you care, care, how would you how would you care further? How would I care further? Mm-hmm. I think um, I think my paintings already are at a very high level of care. Not only is every painting pushing the limits of my craftsmanship, is pushing the levels of my creativity, the levels of my intellect, and the levels of what I hope a painting can be. Right? So every well, time I do that, I think that is care. Okay. So I get you there. You you completed that. I'm Remember. not stagnant. This, okay. My painting is evolving. That's, that's not what we're talking about. What? what well, that's, that's about? not what I'm asking you. you because asking? I've already... I've, I've, I didn't shake up that ground. You made a standpoint, which means... Your, your practice of studio painting is your alchemy. And if you transform from that practice, then the painting has become real and it done its job. Right. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going against it. Okay. Moving on. All right. So when you said you would show to others. Yeah. And you gave your hopes and wishes that it would do. Because you know what you invested into the painting. Right. Um, your painting doesn't speak for you anymore it just speaks for what you can produce or it can speak for some of the things you go through but since you're a living artist i challenged you do you care what the viewer receives and you said ultimately yes now i'm not going into prediction i asked you how would you care and here's a simple answer because we all got this you care by having a thesis statement about your work Right? Yeah. Okay. It's part of it. Right. So my challenge to you in a critical situation would be to, okay, there's other things that you're doing that went into that painting that helped you transform. Like learning what? New languages or new ways to speak. Right. Since you can now observe what all took place in an alchemical process, will you be the person to say, okay, when it's time to speak about my work, I will give you my new language or rearrangement of words Yeah. That's care? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, okay. 
So I went through this development stage of creating my own visual language, right? And I feel like right now, the, the garden is bearing fruits, right? I got this thing that's mine. But there's still a point where I'm studying, right? The symbols aren't all mine. I am using common symbols, and I'm thinking about what's being said. But I think in the future, the symbols will be completely mine. But I'm taking old symbols, and I'm running them through me. And they're not dead things anymore. Like, I'm embodying them when I'm painting them. I'm trying to, to go to the place of the symbol in, in my experience, right? And really know what it is. And, and know this space so that I can move on from it. I'm going to say it like this. Does the conversation from the viewer that gets invested into your painting, after they they have to identify with themselves to understand, or the natures of what you're presenting in your work says, oh, man, you know, these natures do relate. This has to be in his mind. And then we would talk about the symbols. Are we talking about an older civilization's mind? Are we talking about an older author's mind? When... If they ask you today, will you just say, hey, I'm studying these things? Or will, do you have any piece of your mind beyond your visual language to say, okay, I don't have a name for it, but I'll use theirs to help you see what mine looks like. Meaning, I left my master's mind that I was studying under, and this is what mine looks like. And I know I don't have all these things labeled out, but I do have the name of the headmaster that I make. You, you, look, you said you wanted to go further, so we're going further. <laughs> all right, we're having a conversation now. All right. Again, yeah. and, I, and I ask you this because you have no choice but to paint what that image looks like right now for yourself. Yeah, I think... Each of these paintings are a perfect reflection of where I'm at. So yes, I did go learn, I did study. I am using things that I inherited from books, from research period, from old, old traditions that I did. But to use them the way I'm using them means that they're mine. Right. Just so like English was- is inherited, but in the conversation, I choose how I use it. Got you. So that, that was that was my whole point okay. for you to land there. And when you land there, it goes, let me see you paint a how. You want me to tell Give you an how? Give Paint a how. Paint a how? Paint a how. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why you have the podcast. Maybe that's why we teach. Maybe that's why we do other things. Because... My goal is to push art in from the space that I encountered, quote unquote, the group mind, what art was. My goal was to push art for those people in all these other disciplines and to understand why, you know, a lot of these historical paintings and stuff, they they have so much value and worth beyond you know, the shit you look up about them. Some of the subject matters that they're talking about deal with things outside of, quote-unquote, what we call art. And for others that deal with all these other disciplines to look at, oh, that's art. So that's why I even, that's why I thought today would have been a good conversation or would have been a good episode because you wanted to take conversations as a piece of art. Mm-hmm. And it's... it's <clears throat> It's one thing to just point at something and be like, oh, you can turn everything to art. And it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, but um, you made everything else. like, Okay. You can only transform things into something that is yours. You can only have something new to say if you're actually living. If you're hitting your head against life, if you're really living, if you're going out there and you're trying and you're working hard, and you're paying attention to what's happening to you, and you're going through it, and you're growing, you're not a stagnant person, then you can talk with anybody. Because 
life is only speaking to people who are living. And people who are alive will only be the ones who have something to say. Correct. And a dead book is a dead book. It only becomes a book if you're reading it. A painting is only alive when you're painting it. All these things, a tradition is only alive when there's people studying it. Right? Mm -hmm. Impressionism's dead. All these things are dead now because it's the people living who are the voice. Right? And we confuse that. We think the dead thing is the one talking. It's not. You have to live. You have to live. You have to say, okay, these ideas can live in my body. Okay, this symbol can live in me. All right, I will become painting. All right, I will become philosophy. All right, I will become alchemy. And only when it's really alive in you, then is there something new to say and that thing is revitalized. Why do you say revitalized? Well, it's put down. And then you pick it up. It's a torch that gets passed down. And and a lot of things have died. A lot of torches have gone out. You know, a lot of art was destroyed in different forms of colonization and conquering and languages have been forgotten. The whole ways of being and thinking have been lost in time. You know, where we have traditions that are still evolving or something new could begin. But they have to remain alive. The torch has to be lit for it to be alive and not forgotten. As soon as the books are burnt, as soon as people stop practicing, all those things die and they're forgotten. So I guess a conversation is that. It's the living, breathing thing, right? The living, breathing art. It is new in that moment. It's new to you. It's new to them. It is transforming because everything alive is evolving. We're in a dimension of time. We're in a dimension of change. And if you step out of that, it's dead. It's gone. I'd argue that those dark forms are are alive. They're alive? Yeah. How else can a man live for 5,000 years? Yeah, I mean, like, a Shakespeare play. All right? Those characters came from Shakespeare. His essence is in them. But they take on a life on their own by everyone who acts them out. Right? So that thing is alive in them. That That one character, Shakespeare, or... Or my painting, even after I'm dead, if my paintings do survive and circulate, then that aspect of me is alive for that moment that it's looked at. And it's still growing and changing. That's what it is to be alive. It's growing and transforming. Yeah. But I really think Shakespeare is the idea. And I think all the characters within Shakespeare's writings, plays, are just the components. Of the idea? Shakespeare's not dead right now. We're talking about them. So therefore, I think Shakespeare is the idea. You don't know who the fuck Shakespeare is. It could have been a man named Tim and made up Shakespeare. That's right. There are like made up people that people just put their name under. Right? Like, but I think that's one of the, the most highest forms of art and conversation is to be able to paint through time without necessarily needing a vessel physically to do it. You make a a pattern, a form, something that just infects you become a virus. Texas, if you if you say virus cool, but I mean <laughs> it could just I mean it, you say virus but it just could be bacteria. Okay. You got um I say it like this. <clears throat> A thought can produce adrenaline. Adrenaline can produce the pumping of blood cells. The pumping of blood cells, we know, can produce another second of life. So, if you can artistically make thought forms and really package them up very well, there you go. Then you can paint through time. And it allows people to have so many possibilities of saying, just the just the piece of you saying, is that person real or not? They're living. Mm. So just imagine if I get if if I stand at this test of time and have you go through all these little concepts. And that's why I look at like um, when you say like the 
you say the group thinkers. And I was just like, well, I mean, someone was very successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It almost to the point where it's just like, I kind of need to learn from the group thinkers. Because the the space that they're making decisions from, mm, I can use that. I think, and, and that's why I'd be like, I said it as in friction, because I was like, wow. I, I think because we're all in the same room interacting in some type of way. Big orgies going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely intellectually promiscuous. That's for sure. It's, it's a dirty, dirty place. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think like, as, a, as an artist, I feel like you kind of, I don't know. The, the artists I've met, I can't speak for everyone, but the artists I've met, I feel like I was at a at an early age. I found out that my mind was like that, and I was like, "Damn, all these artists are like promiscuous in the mind." And you either act it out through your characteristics and your natures, and it's like, "Oh, that person uses their body," and I assume that they use their body elsewhere. But you can kind of tell where it came from just by us being in this space together in this art room. It's like, "Oh, okay." So, I mean, it's it's cool, like, learning that way. Uh, I call that um, oral tradition, like patterns in the mind. I mean, I, I love I love reading really ancient stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's incredible. It just, it's, it's, it's an everyday thing, but it's actually a miracle. You know, like... It's Wi-Fi. I mean, I... <laughs> I I read um It's like Wi-Fi for dead people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it the Sumerian myth um I read I remember I, when I was like a teenager I read some ancient ancient Sumerian myth that was written on a clay stone in in cuneiform. Right? I read that. It was incredible. Right? It was written 5000 years ago. And I'm over there Communicating with these people through this book, or I can read. I can read it in any time period, wherever whoever wrote it down, right? I can read yeah, it. Yeah. Or you can go to the place. You can go to Rome. You can go stand in front of the pyramids. And 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 talk with those things through your body. Right, it's. I don't know. To me, that's why I like the like the how thing. To me, that's the that's the biggest challenge. It's the Alright, what's your how? Oh, my how is just layering things between distance and contracting and expanding. That's it. I just do that over and over in a bunch of different shit. And when shit overlaps at different times, it's like new pockets for new shit to happen. And it's like, oh, I can do that. Oh, that person can do that. I may take it. I may not take it. Uh, I just just do that over and over, and <laughs> I don't know. Life's always living there. So I mean, I, I just do that with my piece. It's, it's like you said. Like I just I just really like hope when I sit down today and draw that some shit's gonna happen. These two colors are gonna overlap in a certain way. I'm gonna remember how many days it took in between sessions, or how long it took. Or which crayon, and you know, did it have this much wax, or what the fuck, or how was this one going on? And then when that shit happens, hopefully I was observing it all, and I can be like, wow, that thing that happened, can I use that transformation elsewhere? And if I can, I try to just use it in all these different disciplines. And if it works around the board, I know it's a well rounded thing to teach or to share. Mm. That's it. Uh, I try to keep it real simple, and it's always spontaneous. I think we yeah. did it. I think we had a conversation. <laughs> that was the weirdest <laughs> conversation I've had in a while. Really? It was, it was good. I'm I'm glad you... That, that was kind of cool. It was like, okay, art is a conversation. This can bomb. This can go very well. I felt like we were bombing. I don't know where face. this can go, but... 
I mean, we we could have been, but I think I think that was a precursor to the promiscuous art mind. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, some new things came out of this. See what happens with it, man. I think uh, I I think it was good. These conversations are meant to be something different in our space. So, it's dialectic. You present an opinion, you find out the truth of that opinion, right? That's dialectic. Yeah, you gave your truth, I gave mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was, to me, it was a cool conversation because, yeah, we may lightly land on that on the surface. Uh, you know, people talk about it, hint there and there with it, but I've never, like, sat down and talked to someone about it and then to try to, like, correlate real actual shit than, like, mental shit. And, you know, so I enjoy it today. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And remember to be critically creative. <laughs>